Hello and welcome to this episode of Sickle Teller. It's actually part two to the Bond Brothers. Uh, I have my guest. Again, you can introduce yourself. Remy. Do you want to give like any social media handles or anything? Um, at Remy. I don't even know if my... Do I have a... Hold on, let me tell you how to <laughs> finish you. Yes. At Remy. Two Y's and an underscore at the end. R-E-M-A-Y-Y underscore. Just to get it out the way. So the last time. If you haven't listened to the first one, you can um, actually take a step back and go listen to that. Um, we kind of touch on a few different topics um, that we're going to kind of touch on, but not really touch too much on because we kind of want to beat a dead horse. But... Um, one of the main topics that we kind of want to get into is just people's perception of what sickle cell is. <clears throat> and I think because of that, like, it kind of makes it challenging for people to truly understand how difficult certain situations may be. Um, a lot of the times, there's a quote-unquote look for someone who has sickle cell. You know, they might have the pot belly at a certain age. You might have the yellowing of the eyes, jaundicing, I believe it's called. Um, they might just be a lot more slender in physique and not as, I guess, sturdy or healthy by certain standards, depending on what cultural background you come from. And um, it kind of, you know, after a certain point in time, it to some people just seems like a look. To other people, it kind of is the stereotypical sickle cell look. To those that don't know, you just might look sickly and not have sickle cell. To those that do know, you obviously may have sickle cell, but um, not necessarily seem to be always sick per se. So it kind of becomes challenging. Um, and I kind of wanted to just know what your experience with that was and like what your opinions on those things were. I, I think... Um one thing that I'm starting to notice is I feel like a lot of people with sickle cell don't age as quickly. Like, we look younger. Yo, that's crazy. Because yeah. <laughs> I actually came across a random... I think I was listening to another um, podcast and, like, somebody had brought that very mm-hmm. same fact up. And, you know, it's actually interesting that you yeah, said that. like, I, all my life I've gotten, like, the other day, someone... Same just told me I, I looked like I was 19 and I'm 27 and I think that's definitely um, a prime example is um, uh, why can't I? Oh, Lorenz Tate he po- he has yeah, sure, by the way. yeah he posted something on Instagram and like he it, look, it looks like he hasn't aged at all um, now it could be due to genetics but I think that it, that might be one of the positives with sickle cell so, um yeah, you definitely, that your age, like it, I don't know what it is, but we just look younger than than, than our age. Um, but yeah, back to, I mean, your question or the topic. Um, wait, what was it again? You said, like, was it looks or just, just how? No, just how people, like, view you um, in society as being a sickle, like, person with sickle cell, not necessarily understanding it. Yeah. And... Assuming you are sickle, 
Um, you may have the stereotypical look if somebody is aware of sickle cell, mm-hmm. or you not having sickle cell at all because you don't look sick. Yeah, I mean, like, the only time that actually was, like, really at the forefront for me was um, when my hip collapsed and I had to use a cane. Um, I had a lot of looks from elderly people because I really honestly thought I was mocking them. Like, I was going to school at the time, so I would take uh, public transportation, take that like double R, um, and I would get on, you know, get on a train, and I would have my cane, and it was like, what is this 21-year-old doing with a cane? Like, mm-hmm. which is, like, looking back on it, that's actually stupid because, you know, I could got into a car accident or, yeah, right, you know, right. like, playing ball, and I rolled my ankle, and now I need a cane or crutches, so... Looking back on it, but I remember, you know, just the the looks I was getting was ridiculous. Um, yeah, and as far as like people's perception about it, like, the like with people, I've I've realized it's you you're either fine or you're completely sick. There's no in between. There's no like oh, you look fine today. You must be fine. Um, there is or it's like, oh wow, you look really sick. So you're really sick today. And it could be either or. I could just be having a bad day and, you know, or I'm tired, but I'm not sick. Or, like, I look perfectly fine and I'm in the most pain. Like, I, I know how to mask my pain, so um, I can look perfectly fine. And I'm in, like, one of the most cru- uh, excruciating pains that I've ever been in. So, I think, you know, you bringing that up, too, about, like, <clears throat> being able to, like, not... I won't say mask, because mask almost seems like you're hiding. I mean... It's not that you're not hiding it, but you're trying to cope with it, um, given the situation that you're in. You know, I think that alone allows challenges because, for instance, when you think about cancer, with mm-hmm. somebody who has cancer, you know, you start to see physical changes mm-hmm. once they exhibit um, signs of having, you know, whatever stages of cancer that, you know, mm-hmm. it might be seen. With sickle cell anemia, there's not a progressive change that happens whether you're sick, not sick, whether you're young or old. It just kind of is. Um, I mean, I can't really say too much about any other hereditary conditions. But anything that you're born with or even that progressively gets worse, you kind of see it. So because this is like a blood disorder, again, it kind of makes it challenging because you really just don't know what to expect of the physical changes because you don't necessarily see any physical changes. And it kind of makes it difficult for people that may not understand to to truly see what you're talking about because, like you said, there's been situations where you've had a hip replacement and before that, just walking with the cane, people didn't understand. For me, there's been, like, conversations where I've had where I've told people, like, yeah, I had my hip replaced and I, like, but you're so young. Mm-hmm. And then having to explain why yeah. I had my hip replaced yep. is almost as difficult as walking with the cane because mm-hmm. they just don't get it. They're just like, but how you don't look like right. somebody who has a physical condition. You don't yeah. seem like you would have to have such something at a young age, but you did and you are going through it. And wow. So... You know, even with that, like, what do you feel people's response to, like, you expressing, like, yeah, well, this is what I've dealt with in the past in regards to sickle cell? Um, 
I always hear people always say like, "Wow, you're so positive about something that's so negative." Same. Um, and for me, it's like, well, one, what other choice do I have? Like, it's already something that's really, you know, it's it's a negative thing if we're being honest. It's it's an, it's a disease. So, um, it's only one way to look at it. And to be completely honest, um, I would say for me, uh, this year has been pretty good, but. For the most part, I get sick about, uh, I would say, like once every four months or four to five months. And that's really good compared to others. Mm-hmm. So um, that's another reason why I'm so positive because I know like I have a full-time job. I live on my own. Um, there's a lot of people that cannot, like literally can't do any of those things because, you know, it's it's an ailment. Like they, they, like they need to depend on someone. They... Um, you know, going to work five days, four days, even three days out of the week is almost impossible for them if they're a always in the hospital or b if they just really like bed rest. Um, so that's that's one of the reasons why I'm so positive. But um, other I would say other reactions is like um, yeah, especially like you said, the hip replacement is like wow, you're so young, or you don't even look like. I mean, I guess my surgeon did a good job, but. It's like, you don't even look like you have a limp or you have, like, anything I wouldn't be able to tell. And, um, yeah, like, people are more shocked than anything. Um, Because, again, I feel like, back to what I said, it's either you look really sick. Like, I work at a cancer hospital, and um, that's actually, it's funny because that's actually one of the knocks on cancer, too. You would think that every, oh, if you have cancer, I can tell. And I'll be honest with you, there's so many people that come into my job and, you would think they're an employee or just like a family member and they have like stage four cancer. Mm. So you just don't know. Mm. Like you really don't know. Um, you know, everyone's body is completely different. The way that something's going, to, the way the body's going to react to whatever um, disease the person has, you know, it's really up to that person's body. So yeah, everyone's always either shocked, uh, wowed, or yeah, just my look on it. Um, But I think, like you said, explaining part is the hardest part because, you know, not that people don't get it, but it's just like if I explain to someone that I have cancer, they're, you know, they're more familiar. Um, And I always start by saying I have sickle cell anemia. Have you heard of it? Because a lot of times people like, no. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're like, no, I actually haven't heard of it. I don't know what it's about. And then usually if I if I can, I'll draw. something for them because a lot of time people learn visually as well and I, I know for me I'm, I'm definitely a visual learner so i'll draw how um my cells look compared to the person's um cells look and what happens during a crisis and you know it flowing through the veins and see all the funniest thing is like you know um <clears throat> we've never really spoken about like just how we exchange information when we meet people in regards to cell. yeah like i've never drawn anything out i'll always yeah. just say like so just think of like a crescent moon. Like that's mm-hmm. always the first yeah, place I go. Yeah, I use that. I use that you with know, a like, grim reaper. Like, yeah, it was like the sickle because like that's yeah. the thing that you know right. for most people. But even just to draw it, sometimes like when people get to see it visually, it almost mm-hmm. just you know it becomes a lot easier. To I mean, and not every time mind. you're gonna have a no, pen of course, and paper. So of most of the time that's at work. But like if I can draw it, or you know what I mean, or even pull out your yeah, phone yeah. and just you know Google um, a sickle cell versus you know a normal cell. It's like, oh, wow, that's how it looks and whatever the case is. So, yeah, that's just my my way of just explaining it to people. Nah, but I think, you know, a lot of the things that you spoke on were interesting because, you know, I, um, 
I was thinking about a situation recently, like having sickle cell is any condition is challenging. Having sickle cell is challenging, especially if you don't understand like how to utilize like your insurance. Because mm-hmm. there was a point in time where mm-hmm. like you know, I didn't even have insurance, you know, just because of like situations of life, you know, like. I was too old to be on my parents' insurance, and mm-hmm. I didn't have a job that allowed me to have insurance, so I just kind of had to figure out a way to make it work, mm-hmm. which was hoping that I didn't get sick. And, you know, by the grace Which of is a that, dangerous game to Yes, yeah, it, was, it was scary, you know. It was extremely scary. But, I mean, I was fortunate enough. Like, I didn't get sick. Um, and by the time I got insurance, it was so gratifying and relieving. But, you know, even with that, like, it's it's been challenging having insurance, too, because, like... You know, most people would assume, like, you know, once you have insurance, like, you're Mm -hmm. set. But Mm -hmm. the one thing about insurance is difficult is you need money to have insurance. If you have good insurance, great. If you have great insurance, amazing. Yeah. But if you have decent insurance, good luck. Because the things that you're going to have to go through is going to be almost twice as challenging and almost makes whatever you're dealing with that much harder yep. because you really don't expect to deal with so many obstacles just to get, say, a visit with your doctor. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I went through the same thing when I had to figure out when I found out that I potentially had AVN in my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, AVN is a vascular necrosis, which is the reason that he had his hip replaced as well. I had my hip replaced. Um, and... If you don't know what a vascular necrosis is, it's when you have a lack of blood traveling to the bones and they pretty much start dying. So both of our, um, well, I had my left. Yeah, I think left. you have left, mine is right. Yeah, because I, I was actually going to say both of our rights, but I knew mine yeah. was my right, it was my left. Um, I had my left hip replaced, you had your right hip replaced um, because of which, and now I was told that I have issues with my shoulders, um, mm-hmm. and you know I had to go to an orthopedic surgeon to see, um, you know, exactly what the issue was going to be with that. Now, when I did my hip replacement, I worked at a completely different job. I worked in retail, and I guess the insurance that I had with that wasn't—it was good enough to where I didn't need referrals. Mm-hmm. Whereas the insurance that I have currently is not as good, I would say, and I need a referral in order to get the orthopedic surgeons um, to see the orthopedic surgeon. Mm -hmm. This took me about three and a half, four months to do because, you know, in order to get the referral from my, just to get an appointment with my doctor might take like a month, which is fine because it's almost normal. Right. See your doctor. We both have the same doctor. See the doctor and then getting the referral, getting her to send the information to the referral person to get to the actual doctor that was taking like one week and then two weeks and then three weeks and then calling my doctor to figure out well why is this not happening and she's saying I'm going to reach out to the referral person to see why they haven't done this or what is the hold up on this person's part and then before you know it it's like two or three or four um, months have gone by and you really don't understand why it's so difficult just to go see somebody about an issue that you felt was important because Mm -hmm. It really is something that's augmenting your life in ways mm-hmm. that you really don't understand. Um, so I just kind of was curious to know, like, if you had any intricate experiences with insurance, especially because you work in a um, hospital yeah. setting. 
Um, that's actually funny that you brought it up. So, um, I mean, obviously, and with anything, having a support system is, is important. But, um, like, little things I might not catch. I'm lucky to have a girlfriend that um, definitely catches that. So, it's like, the other day we were talking and she was like, you should look into uh, possibly switching your insurance because, like, just little things add up. Visits. Every time you go to the visit, for me, that's the $20 copay. And then medication. So, that might be another $20. Um, so you're looking at, let's say just, you know, a normal month, 40 to some, anywhere to a hundred dollars just on, um, hospital visits, hospital visits. Exactly. And she's like, maybe you should look into switching it and getting like a health savings account where you're allotted a certain amount of money. And then anytime that is, um, you need to pay for something, you can use that. So once you brought that up, I started thinking about that, but yeah, I think like insurance is, it's like a gift and a curse almost because it's a gift because obviously you don't have to worry about a 20 that like my surgery i got like a bill and it was like twenty thousand dollars for my surgery i obviously i didn't have to pay that much insurance does pay it but there's still a copay that you have to pay a lot of people yeah, don't know that's that, that insurance they're gonna man. pay 90 percent. you have to pay 10 percent. so y'all can do the math on 90 yeah. percent of twenty thousand, and what i have to come out of my pocket you know what i mean so um i mean obviously Granted, it's not the whole 100% you have to pay for, but there's so many different intricacies with insurance that it's like, you just don't, you don't understand until you have something like where you have to use it so much. Like if I didn't have, you know, sickle cell and I just had a certain insurance, I'd probably pick the basic one. Um, I would pick like where I just go to my doctor every two years for my annual checkup. But like when I first got my job, and there's so many different options. I was like really stuck. I was like, okay, I need to pick the perfect one because, you know. So like, I was talking right. to the lady, like, yeah, all right, you know, I'm in the hospital very so often. Like, which one do you think is the best plan for me? And this and that. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's definitely a topic. Or anyone, if you're listening, if you have sickle cell, um, insurance is definitely big, definitely because. You don't want to get stuck, and then that's for the whole year. So you get stuck with something, and you know every ER visit is a certain amount of money that you have to come out of the pocket. Like a hospital visit, man, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. Like especially, you have to pay just to get healthcare. You know what I mean? Especially like if you have to, um, for example, you might have to go um, see a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. So, even though I had good insurance or decent insurance at the time, I still had like a, my my physical therapy visits were like eighty dollars per visit. You had to pay that. Yeah, and like two three times a week or so. Yeah, and yeah. like you know anybody that can do the math like that's two fifty just for um and that's yeah. for a, a week if you have to go two or three times a week. But what people don't realize is that's just so you are okay like yeah. you know it's not like i spend this 250 a week and i'm perfectly fine i can do everything that i want to do during this week no that's just to get me possibly not even it's not even 100 possibly to get me to the bare minimum so that you know my hip or my leg or my arm is not hurting as much as it usually is so. and the hardest part too was um you know when you get to these physical therapy situations um you know i mean getting back to like the insurance too it's like it's tough because, like, you know, Remy brought up to, like, you know, you have to work to have insurance. 
you know, and like nobody sits there and looks for, you know, employment that doesn't, you know, put you in a position to like be able to take care of yourself financially or, mm. you know, with insurance. But obviously situations occur and, you know, you take with it as you can. But when you like have to take care of things that are outside of the bare essentials of like insurance policies, like, mm-hmm. you know, going to the doctor, you know, you're like, oh, I have to go to the doctor. Cool. Or I have to get medication. Cool. I have to get surgery. Whoa. Right. You know you have to get those things taken care of if you're in an extreme situation. But yeah. when you have to have surgery, you're just yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't yeah. expect that I was going to have to utilize $20,000 on an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Or that, yo, on top of that, I'm going to have to go to physical therapy. And that's going to be a cost. Mm-hmm. Like, you never really think about all these little costs adding up. Like, even, you know, and jumping around just is a part of the conversation. But, like... Even when I had my hip replacement, like, you know, I didn't understand the timing of, you know, when you file for your disability for your job and, mm. you know, when that disability check is going to clear because yeah. it's actually a process. Yeah. You can't, you obviously stop getting paid once you claim disability right. and you have a certain amount of time. You know, I never really understood all of it. To the and you don't get your all your your full pay. No, you don't. You only no. get, I believe, depending on the job, it might be somewhere between like fifty to 60, 60 65. Yeah, something like that. You know, um, and you know, again, these are things that, like if you have more bills to pay and you're getting paid yeah. less money, it yep. becomes a very difficult equation to try to like balance out. Um, so, a lot of people. I feel like don't realize like the biggest conversation in the biggest topic in this conversation is just like awareness because like if you're aware enough to know what your status is with having sickle cell it makes it so much easier to mm-hmm. know like oh well if I have a partner that has the trait and I have sickle cell we run a very high risk of having a child with sickle cell right I'm okay with that I can't tell you anything. You know, you know what you are going to face in this world. Like, you know, more power to you. I hope that it's not as bad as it could be because I know it can be bad. But, you know, that is what it is. You know, if you both have the trait, you know what you are possibly possibly up against as well. You might have a child that has nothing. You might have a child that's trait. You might have a child that has, you know, the um, condition of sickle cell. But ultimately, you know, for me, it's like if the conversation is had and people are aware they have the beginning stages of knowing they can't say they didn't know about sickle cell they can't mm-hmm. say they didn't know about a trade they can't say they didn't know about you know this that and the third they were at least aware yeah for me that is the most important part so like all of this you know the the insurance part about it you know like these are all different conversations that you know they just kind of build to the ultimate part of having sickle cell so Everything may not apply to everybody and everything might not seem like it makes sense to everybody. But if you're in the situation where you have a condition that is this extreme, a lot of it might make sense to you. And if you have sickle cell, you might have experienced some of the things we've experienced. So, you know, the insurance part of it was just kind of something that recently, like I just, you know, was thinking about because I had to deal with it so much, Mm -hmm. even to the point now, like where I'm going into a different um, employment position and I'm I'm eligible to, you know, look at new um, insurance policies and it's exciting because I'm just like, I want to make sure that I can get everything at either 
like you said, with a healthcare savings account, like oh, yeah. I don't have to come out of pocket to buy certain things, yeah. or you know, I can get like an allotted amount of visits for a very low copayment. You know, mm-hmm. like just those little benefits because it's all again, important. Yeah, it all it all adds up. It's all extremely important, and it all makes for like a very easy time when it comes to dealing with like just the element and the situation of like having sickle cell. And the thing that I just thought about too is, like I stated earlier, there are certain people that who can't get a job because their sickle cell is so, you know, it's a terrible disease. And then for that person, it might be worse. Just imagine, again, like we said, you know, to have health care and insurance, you have to have a job. So now if your ailment, your disease is preventing you from having a job, now you can't get insurance. What do you do in that instance? Like, I'm sure there's uh, government assisted, I'm sure there's something, but it won't be to the same um you know, status as having a job. Which is interesting, too, because it made me think about, like, a lot of the times, um, you know, I'm aware of, like, the situation that we kind of grew up in. Like, we didn't really have to think too much about insurance because, like, our father worked in a relatively good job, yeah. per se. So, like, we just, if we got sick, we went to the hospital, and, and, you know, it was what it was. So, through fortune of having, you know, parents that had decent jobs, I guess you could say, um, we never really had to worry about the woes of insurance, even if it came down to like a surgery, because it just kind of was a copay that was taken care of by our parents, and mm-hmm. it just was what it was. But the thing that people don't realize is you now become the parents. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you have to take care of that responsibility if you then have a child. Mm-hmm. So you now have to remember like all the things that you don't think are difficult for your parent to do when you were a child you not have to you know do those things too and it's like being aware of like these little things are just important like it's just an important thing to know like you know how many co um how many dependents you can have on -hmm. your insurance policy before Mm -hmm. you max out of said what's the name because you know with three children two of which having sickle cell anemia god forbid it was a bad year we both were in the hospital a lot yeah you know, like, I could eat up your insurance policy, like, for no sure. time. For sure. You know, in no time. You know, so, like, these are um, things that I, I think about, and it just, it inspires a lot of this conversation, too, because it's like, you know, you know, you, nobody thinks about none of it. Like, I don't expect anybody to think about this when they meet anybody, like, to start yeah. a relationship. Yeah. You know, like, um, I don't... like to check this, like, I yeah, about this and but, this and this. but... I was, I actually, like, went to go see Dr. Friedman. We, again, have the same doctor. Um, whoever has Dr. Friedman, you would greatly appreciate her services. But I went to see Dr. Friedman, and I was talking to um, the woman that takes, like, all your information prior. And I was telling her um, just a lot of what is discussed here, because I felt like it's important to share as much about sickle cell to whoever um, as possible and the woman was very very intrigued because she was just like you know a lot of people don't seem to like know that much about sickle cell like when Mm -hmm. they come in they just kind of like you know they kind of go with the flow and it was kind of shocking to me because I was just like uh, the people that I've I've come across always seem to be like you know in tune with what sickle cell is and Mm -hmm. like what it does and you know the effects it has I don't know if that's because we all share the same, you know, medical consultants, you know, like 
where we went mm-hmm. or if it was just how we were raised or whatever the case is but like it just was kind of shocking and it kind of made this conversation about sickle cell that much more important because it's like if there's people with sickle cell that don't understand the magnitude and severity of what it is like that's scary yeah you know like that's yeah. a scary 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 thing because you know just to think that possibly like a child can be born into a situation like that where like just they don't understand like if they're sick they can't take care of somebody else right you know like they don't really understand like what else can happen if the little things just aren't taken care of so it's like it it may be a lot to think about for one person but it's just it kind of becomes what the burden of sickle cell is yeah. you know you're just always thinking about these little things these little things you have things. to think about your next move your next step because you don't know that next step you don't know if you're gonna be sick during that next step you don't know like like I said 2018 for me was a good year I have to think about 2019 and if that's a bad year you know if I'm if I'm sick a lot during that year what are the steps I have to take to you know as far as job or uh, relationship or whatever it is, um, you have you know you always got to think about it. And to what you're saying is about people who have sickle cell, you might not know everything, but like I, for me, I always do my best to find out new things. Like there's so many things that sickle cell affects, and you don't. It's impossible to know all the information about it. But especially now with social media and like the internet, like I follow so many different blogs about sickle cell just to stay up on certain things or even if I'm speaking to a random person like a comment just like yeah you know for me colder months are a little bit worse or weather change you know so a little little facts and stuff that I can put out so people can obtain it and you know help them in the long run it's just something I feel like as my job of being you know quote unquote sickle cell warrior that's just what like you know that's that's the load we carry yeah, and a lot of people too, um, you know, even getting back to it, they don't, when they remember that you have something that's a very sickle cell and like, you know, they're just still kind of like intrigued by the fact that like, you know, you're dealing with something as severe as that, even the conversation of like a parents or, you know, what it is that you deal with on a daily, just kind of like, it all kind of clicks to some people in a different way. It's just like, oh, right. Like, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. You do have to think about those little things, you yeah. know, like... Because those little things can become a, a bigger thing. Yeah, you know, like, those conversations, you know, just... Um, there's times where, like, something might be so obvious to somebody else, but to me, my response is obvious, and it's the complete different response to them, mm-hmm. you know, just because of the situation, like... I wear, like, as soon as the temperature drops a certain amount, like, I have layers on. Why? I've just grown accustomed to feeling comfortable, you know, knowing that I'd much rather be warmer and knowing that I can adapt to that by changing than being too cold and, like, fearing that I might be getting sick. Mm -hmm. You know, like, those are just the things that I've learned to adapt with. And, uh, you know, it's hard because most people... I think the community of sickle cell really is so small. Like, until social media, I myself could say, like, I didn't even really come across that many people that had sickle cell outside of you. Same. Uh, And some of the people that we have come across growing up, which is a bigger 
part of, you know, why this was kind of started on my part. Just I really, really felt like just more people needed to hear about what it is that goes on or what it is that is experienced by the people that I've um, come across, you've come across, um, whatever stories that we've heard or been told. Because if they're not shared, then nobody's going to know. If nobody knows, then nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of gets worse and it gets worse. And, you know, something that affects so many people just kind of continues to do that. And you don't really see a change. And mm-hmm. I would feel really bad to know that there's children growing up in 2018, 2019, 2020 that are still struggling with something that really can be like avoided like sickle cell. Like there's so many other things to be worried about in the world than to be born with sickle cell on top of everything else. Right. Especially if you're an African American. Which was one of the things that we spoke about um in the first part of this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, just about being black, um, having sickle cell anemia. You know, again, appreciating Dr. Freeman. Like, one time she said to me, you know, just make sure you always have your prescription bottle on you with, you know, your name, address, and all of that information. Because, God forbid, you get pulled over by the police. You know, you have information that links you to the prescription and the medication that's been given mm-hmm. because all the names, you know, will tie in. I'd never thought about that. Now, I'd never thought to do anything otherwise. But, right. you know, if I had put medication and uh, a pill holder, bottle, yeah, yeah a pill holder. or a pill holder, you know, like I wouldn't think anything of it. But when she made mention to it, it kind of just brought a certain reality to the fact like, wow, even in twenty. Excuse me, I believe this was 2017 and 2018 we had this um, conversation. This is something that somebody that I don't even think thinks about this brought mm-hmm. this to my attention because it really is something that she's experienced with her patients in the past. She said it happened to two different patients yeah. to where they were arrested as males, uh, African-American males, and brought into jail because they had what was said to be narcotics which at the time was only medication that they were using to you know help with pain and I don't think about it sometimes because it seems so normal but it is a situation that people you know would misinterpret to be something else so I'm curious to know what has been your experience or your thought process on something like that as well yeah um I remember when you told me that, I was like, yeah, that, um, cause like I have a pill holder, um, or like, um, you know, just, I don't know. It's just, just crazy to think that like for something that you are trying to, you know, you're trying to help yourself. Um, if you, if you have, you know, narcotics on you, it's because you're in pain. And for that same reason as it could be the reason that you are arrested you know it's like it's just like a, a catch-22 almost it's like you trying to do something good for yourself is the same like uh reason that that could almost hurt you which is crazy to me and it goes also it goes to show you too how i mean like you know we don't all have signs on our head that says we have sickle cell but it just goes to show you how the world just doesn't know anything about you know this disease and one of the reasons, me personally, I feel that way is because I think it affects more colored people. Um, 
honestly believe that if it w- was a disease that was, you know, more majority than minority based, we would know a lot more about it. Um, but going back to the, the uh, you know, just us talking about this on this podcast, I think every day it starts to make sense because, you know, for some people it could feel like a lot. Excuse me, just like hearing about sickle cell, sickle cell, sickle cell every day or whenever you tune in, you're just hearing about it. But, um, like, there's certain things that happen where you're like, wow, like, I applaud my brother for doing this because I'll, I'll explain. So, um, I work at a cancer hospital, like I said, and um, I had a manager. Um, you know, certain days I'm out and I can't come to work. It just is what it is. Um, it might be a week I'm out, it might be a day, it might be three weeks. Um, and, you know, the manager came up to me and was just like, hey, um, you know, on this day we're working together. He was like, are you going to be at work? And I was like, I mean, yeah. You know, how do you even answer that? Like, yeah, I'm going to be at work. I don't know how to, how else I would answer that. And he's like, all right, cool, because, um, you know, on this day I have to go home early because I have like a con ed or a package coming to my house or whatever, um, a personal reason. And he's like, and then he, it gets worse. He goes, yeah, I know you get sick and all and you can't control it, but, you know, if you could be here, that would be awesome. And I didn't even look at him. I just said, okay. Um, but just think about like, like, uh, you're basically in that position. What he was basically implying was that I can control it. And there's certain days that I'm not sick and I'm not at work. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just fucked up for someone to think to think that way. And also, I said to everyone I told the story, I think if I had cancer, he wouldn't say that. And that just goes to show you. And, like, it kind of was like a light bulb in my head. And I was just like, and this is why my older brother is having this conversation. It's like, you know, for people like him. And when I told people, they're like, wow, you're not that. You're not upset. You're not. And I'm not because... It's not the first person. I've had nurses, like, they they don't say it, but they'll look at you like, you're not in pain. You know, mm-hmm. you're not, you know, you're not. Um, and don't get me wrong. There are some sickle cell patients who might be drug seekers, but you got to look into it deeper than why are they, you know, you got to look in deeper than they're just drug seekers. It's kind of like, why are they drug seekers? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that there's PTSD attached. Well, yeah, to, like, there's so many different know. things. So many oh. different things. And, you know, it's just like, it just makes it so much clearer now. Just like, yeah, like, I understand. Like, because this, this person probably never Googled what sickle cell is or, you know what I mean? Like, just having an employee. I even once heard um, from another manager, and it was just like, yeah, I know you tell a lot of people about it and you're, you know, you're open with it. And it's kind of like, so what else am I supposed to do? If I'm out for two days here and then the next week I'm out for three days and then the following week I'm out for a week, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, I was on vacation. I was on vacation. I was on vacation. Like, it's just impossible. Yeah. Like, it really is impossible. I was feeling sick. People were like, oh, are you okay? Yeah. Was it a stomach virus? You know, do I lie every single time? Yeah. Like, it's just like, you know, I don't like, want to do that. That's one of the things, too, where it's like, you know, when you... So... I think one of the harder parts, too, is, like, once you kind of get over the initial conversation of a half sickle cell anemia, this is what it is, and, you know, said person agrees to and accepts it in the sense, like, oh, wow, okay, I think I understand it, 
you know, I can kind of be of some sort of responsible um, merit and not be weird about it. When you say that I was sick or I was out sick, mm-hmm. it always causes like confusion because they're like, were you like sick, sick? Or right. Were you like sick, right. like you had a cold. Right, right. You know, and it's just yeah. like, mm-hmm. not that it necessarily matters, but like, you know, if I was sick because I had a cold and I was out, that's mm-hmm. why I was sick. If I was sick because I had a crisis, I was out. Right. Um, now, if you're trying to understand like the difference between the two, then, you know, obviously I can understand why it would be confusing because you don't know, like, well, what does it mean if you're sick? Because, like, I've come to work with a cold. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because I've come to work during a crisis before, you know, so I can exactly. definitely understand what you mean, exactly. you know, by that. And I think that, too, like, there's ignorance attached to it because, you know, like my brother said, it is a disease that seemingly affects more African-Americans or, like, just non I would say European, um, European races and bloodlines, mm-hmm. um, but because of that, it just doesn't seem to be as popular, um, you know, in yeah. America because it just, you know, once you look at the like overall population of America, you're not gonna have like a huge amount of like Africans that are in all these areas that have the possibility of having, you know, the likelihood of all having sickle cell anemia or the trait. You know, like, it it happens, and it has happened, and it's been happening, and that's why we have the discussion now. Like, there's not that many people that are aware of it, but there's yeah. still enough people that are being affected by it. Um, and I just feel that the people don't want to open their eyes to see, like, you know... It, if it affects somebody to the point where they can't, you know, produce for themselves, like having a job to where they can work 40 hours mm-hmm. a week, 30 hours mm-hmm. a week, 20 hours a week, or to where they can't physically get up to come to work that day, you know, maybe it is severe enough right. to where, right. you know, they don't have to explain to every single person mm-hmm. why it is they didn't come to work or why it is that they um, are taking a certain level of medication mm-hmm. because... You know, I think the assumption, too, like, people see somebody of a certain stature taking a heavy dosage of narcotics. You assume, like, this is supposed to kill normal people unless you're a drug addict. Right. You know, you have to have a tolerance so high that you can only take this amount of drugs, which I can understand why one would assume that. But that isn't always the situation. And, you know, like, there's... There's, there's episodes, you know, in the future that I've thought about just because of, like, the interaction I've had with people um, to where I want to bring in different point of views to just kind of expose different um, experiences that people have had with, you know, whether it's maybe nurses that have had patients that have had sickle cell or, you know, family members or whatever the case is because I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's bigger than just talking about sickle cell from one perspective. It's, yeah. it's better to kind of have... A, a larger scope of what the experiences are like and what the interactions are like. So regardless if you're on the end of where you work in healthcare, you don't have to feel like, oh, I know about sickle cell, but I don't want to be offensive to somebody. You can have a dialogue with somebody and then not come off weird or you're like being like sketchy or like, you know, disrespectful. You can just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, have a dialogue and let them know or express to them whatever it is that you need to express in regards to sickle cell in a manner that is very clear, cohesive, and most importantly, respectful. Yeah. Um, so, 
with that being said, I mean, I think we spoke about a lot mm-hmm. um, uh, in regards to a lot of the topics from before, from, you know, being black or African-American and having sickle cell anemia and just the challenges it brings up because just the medication aspect alone is difficult, you know, then bringing in the legal aspect and then bringing in like, you know, the effects that that has after if you have a job to where, you know, if you get arrested one time and you don't, you know, notify them in a short amount of time, you could lose that job regardless of what it's for. You know, um, there's just so many different vibrations that happen after. And if we sit here and talk about everything, we'll be here for hours, but it's kind of like to spark the conversation so you now can dig a little bit deeper and become a little bit more inspired to figure out what sickle cell means not only to you but how it affects those around you because you could be the person that has nothing to do with sickle cell like you don't have the trait you won't have the trait it affects you not but it could be 20 years from now it's that favorite nephew of yours that's born Mm -hmm. with sickle cell anemia or or Mm -hmm. like you know the godchild that you know you inherited as your own or your husband or wife or your husband or wife you know because again i'm fortunate enough to where like my fiance you know she doesn't have the trait and you know going forward when we have children you know god willing we don't have to worry about those those things but like that was challenging too you know like Mm -hmm. even growing up just thinking about damn will i really have to like ask somebody if i want to have kids wait do you have the trait? Do yeah. you have sickle cell? The disease, the condition, or and do people you... don't even know that too. Yeah, it's not like they know. Like yeah, nah, because again, going completely back to the conversation, you don't look quote unquote sick. Right. So nobody's gonna believe that you have some sort of a. And even in the conversation of like in regards to like sex, nobody wants to hear disease. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just like whoa. Yeah. Wh- yeah. What are you What are you talking about? <laughs> I get that. You know, like, I always get like, wait, can I catch it? Like, yeah. You know, like is that something that's contagious? And like mm-hmm. you know, no, it's not contagious. Although it's a blood disease, which again, it's a very like this is why like you know you say PTSD. Well, what I brought up PTSD because. For some people that like you don't have a support system that's understanding or they get it like my mom was saying like when she grew up she grew up in Nigeria she was saying that like sicklers to her were just were people that were sick a lot you mm-hmm. know like they just look sickly mm-hmm. you know like she didn't ever think that sicklers was actually somebody that had the disease of sickle cell that's where it came from and so obviously she you know yeah. had two children that you know had sickle cell anemia but you know, society or people don't always see you as being sick or put that correlation. And then when you start to use certain terminology, like it's a blood disorder. And then you start to say, you know, with having children, then people just automatically start to go like, whoa, is it something you can catch? Is it yeah. something that like can prevent you from having children? Yep. Like what happens if you have it? Do you not have children? Do you have children? And this is why we want to have this conversation so that if there is you know children in the future that want to have the conversation if they bring it up to somebody their spouse is like oh yeah i know about that right. i don't have it because i've been tested and i know that i don't have the trait but i'm aware of it and if that's something you deal with i know how to help as much as possible because i'm privy to it i think 
people know how to help someone that broke their leg. Yeah. People know how to help somebody. I mean, it's difficult to help cancer patients, but you know how to be there for them. Yeah. I think, you know, with exposure, conversation and all that, people will understand what it's like to be there for people that have sickle cell anemia. Mm -hmm. Because it's not as easy as hospital visits. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy as phone calls. Sometimes it is having the person that is going to be able to I don't want to say be there it, like in every extreme manner, but if you get sick at 3 o'clock in the morning, that might have to help you to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, like, and it's not necessarily going to be a spouse. It could be a family member. It could mm-hmm. be a friend. Support system in general. Support has no system, look, no you know. Um, just like, you know, your ailment doesn't have a, a face. Your support system shouldn't ha- and hopefully won't have a face. But if it does or if you are having trouble with that hopefully just these conversations show you that everybody's struggling and everybody's eventually gonna find their own way and like be able to make do with whatever challenges they've been given and just be able to fight through and be better regardless of whatever they've been given because we've both had to deal with hip surgeries in about a year and a half of each other Mm -hmm. and you know we're both in better places in our lives since we've had it like before it sucked we could both tell you going through it was challenging I don't know if it was as bad as having the hip dying but after it like life's been better yeah you know like I wouldn't even go back and think twice about it and Dr. Freeman was saying like she's like look if we gotta have the surgery we have to have the surgery for the shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. she was just like, that's what we got to do. We got to do. We just have to figure out. We go to another um, orthopedic surgeon, see what they say. But ultimately, we got to figure out how to have the best quality of life. And yeah. that's what you need to figure out yep. is what you need to do to have the best quality of life. So all in all, I mean, I don't know how much of these conversations you guys will be able to endure because this is literally all we not talk about but can talk about because it affects so much of our lives that we can go on and on about it but I really do appreciate you know him taking the time to share just some of the details of what having sickle cell is to him um what it's like for us as siblings having it what it's like for us as black men having it what it's like just for millennials or young adults you know trying to figure out life having it and you know if there's any I guess last words that you kind of want to leave the listeners with or just kind of want to touch on before you get out of here? Um, no, I would say, though, um, just shout out to everyone who doesn't have it that knows someone with it and is there for them because I just, I, I really don't, I can't say it enough, like, how much. Like, for me, that person is my girlfriend. Um... And like even my my uh my brother too. So I have two older brothers a day is the one within and Jeremiah is my middle brother who doesn't have it. Um and like sometimes, you know, your vision could be blurred by sickle cell and you just need someone who doesn't have it to kinda show you that you're strong even with it or without it. Um and that, that is for me, that's like really important. And I know I'm sure there's other people um that have that same um who are in that same predicament, um, 
But yeah, like support system. Even for anything, no, like for it, it goes back to whatever you have. Um, if it's mental health issues, if it's um, you know, just everyday struggles, support system is so important. So shout out to everybody who is there for anybody with something. Um, but especially sickle cell, because I definitely know what that's like. But yeah, uh, I want to say thank you to you for allowing me to talk about it, because I probably don't really even like haven't talk like spoke about sickle cell this much, and it's therapeutic for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because um, you 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 know you got to dig down and think about certain things that happen and how it affects you. So I appreciate you um, having me on this on the podcast for real. Nah, thank you, you know, because I think you don't realize how much your big inspiration is just why I want to have this conversation because, you know, it's not easy to see somebody that you care about not only as, like, a sibling, but, like, just as, like, an integral part of your life going through something that you deal with and knowing that if it sucks for you, it has to suck for this person. Yeah, so it's like, right. You know, you kind of want to make sure that if you can go forward and prevent as many people from having to deal with these type of situations as possible, you know, siblings, you know, again, girlfriends, fiancés, brothers, mothers, fathers, like there's so many people that, you know, like you brought up that are affected by this that aren't, you know, the carriers that aren't those that have the trait that have to kind of deal with the repercussions of it, you know, what it being woken up at three o'clock in the morning and having to take somebody to the bathroom or mm-hmm. having to take a flight, you know, with somebody who is going through a crisis and not really being sure of what it means to be in 30,000 feet in the air, having a, you know, severe pain disorder, you know, it's a frightening thing to be around, mm-hmm. but you know, those people make the hardest parts of sickle cell easier because just the strength that they have makes all of the hard and difficult, you know, moments that having sickle cell means that much easier. So, you know, I think the both of us are truly, 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 truly blessed to have the people we have. And we just want everybody to know that if you don't have anybody, you at least have us as people to speak to because... If you know me, you know him. If you know him, you know me. So yeah. um, you definitely have us to speak to. And this pod is just an opportunity to build awareness. So thank you to everybody that has been reaching out. I appreciate all of the comments, the people that have been saying that they appreciate, you know, the transparency behind it. It's not easy because most people expect everybody um, in this society to be very closed off and you know I'm doing fine you know phenomenal and fantastic which I am but you know when you have to talk about things like insurance and you know having to pay x amount of dollars a week you know you kind of start to you know speak on things that most people aren't comfortable talking about so mm-hmm. you know I appreciate the people that get that it's not really about trying to expose anything more than just the transparencies of like what I really, really deal with having sickle cell anemia. Like, there's no two ways about it. This is what my life is. This is what my life has been. And this is probably what my life will be um, until me and sickle cell anemia <laughs> have a divorce. So, you know, again, I appreciate you guys listening. And um, tune in to, you know, the forthcoming episodes where we're just going to touch on a lot more things. So thank you for listening to Sickle Seller. Um, and have a great day. Peace and blessings.